first bullpen session of the year. We're joined by Dalton Kellett. How you feeling heading into uh, opening weekend 2022? Oh boy. <laughs> it's all I don't know what year it is anymore. I don't even, I don't even know anymore. feels like it was just, just yesterday we were here a couple years ago when everything you yes. know got different, right? Uh, no, it feels great to be here. Uh, really looking forward to the start of the year. We've got a you know, great crew with the new teammates coming on board and you know, Kaylon on the number four in Rocket supporting the other two entries. So it'll be really exciting to get kick the season off. Uh, track walk yesterday, everything looks good as usual you know they do a great job putting the circuit together we had one test day uh, for my car and a couple others for the uh for the rookies so we've had some good data coming into the season and uh yeah looking forward to getting on track and seeing seeing what it's gonna be like so i know testing isn't necessarily the best indicator from sebring to here but we're able to find anything that maybe you hadn't in the past heading into this year that you can at least start to you know fine-tune this weekend yeah i think specifically we you know we worked on uh you know again the the Dampers are always kind of a topic of conversation, right? So there was some stuff that we tried there that I thought was a, a good positive and, you know, it was a positive in terms of lap time at Sebring. And it's a bumpy, short track, so hopefully that kind of will transfer over. The thing with Sebring is that you, you know, you're not there to really find the perfect setup for Sebring, right? You're just trying to update your sort of yeah. your book of changes that you have that, you know, you might try something and it might, you know, you just you want to see what direction it sends the car in, right? It, it may not be perfect for that day, but at least you know it will have that effect and you can use that in your tool book. Uh, come race weekend so I think everything we did we, we did there was good information to, to learn so you have two rookie teammates one who has in Tatiana who has you know one or two tests and you know Kyle who has the road to Indy experience more recently how do you, you know what advice can you give them heading into this weekend that might help them but also you know help you at the same time yeah for sure i think the uh you know for them the big thing is going to be learning how to manage the reds and you know, qualifying procedures length of the race is obviously going to be a you know a bit different from the road to indie stuff and what they've done before but you know they're professionals and they're both very experienced and talented drivers so i'm sure they'll be well up to speed in terms of all that stuff and then you know from the from my side i think we're all going to be pushing each other kyle's really quick tatiana's quick so there's going to be good you know competition within the team and we're all working together to make everything faster so it's a very, definitely a kind of communal atmosphere in, in the engineering room. Do you feel good about having the three teammates? I mean, that means you've got three sets of engineers and all of, all of that, so you have so much more data. Um, like, what kind of things are you looking for to bounce off of each other? Yeah, I think the, the you know, you kind of hit the point, uh, right, the, the three cars does allow you to try more stuff, right, so we can, you know, if we have different damper configurations or, you know, setup packages we want to try, we can split that over the three cars, and maybe run through stuff a little bit quicker so you know that's more data but then that also puts it back on us on you know the engineers communicating well and that we're all working together to assimilate what we're learning on the three cars so we can all use it effectively so that's you know we have a new crew with the 11 so obviously we're all learning how to work together and that's only going to get better as time goes on yeah. How was that uh, maple taffy? Oh, it was actually pretty good. <laughs> was it really? uh, the first round, it just it was it wasn't hot enough, and it just sort of poured right through the snow. So it was more of a snow cone popping. I, I threw it on the ground. I popped. started eating it, and then um, the second one, I got it hotter. It was boiling. Then I poured it on the snow, and it like gelled up into taffy. And it was pretty good. You have to like melt the actual syrup. Is that what? Yeah, it, like, you have to get it like you have to get it like really boiling and the the thing said to get it to like 240 degrees or something and like i I didn't have a candy thermometer so i think my meat thermometer wasn't really accurate but i i I just got as hot as i could basically and then poured it on and it worked great wait let's take a quick time out before you go there's such thing as a candy thermometer is what i'm learning today it's it's, it's like a glass and cool hard candy 
that's what you use it for because it has to be a certain temperature yeah. before it'll harden. So it works a little. I mean, it's the same principle, but it like I think it's a glass cylinder with a thermometer yes. in it or something yeah, like that. It's a little nice. different. It's like the metal thing that yeah. you use for meat. Yeah, I know. I'm learning new stuff today. All right. Well, good luck this weekend, man, and good luck all year. All right. Thank you. All right. So we're next. We're joined by Connor Daly. Connor is going to give us a crypto lesson because I know he's a crypto expert now. So uh, trust me, I I have nothing on on crypto. So we've heard the story of how it all came together. What's you know, if you get a multi-year deal, you're you're set now for the season earlier than typical. Does that give you uh, you know less stress and more prep for the season? Yeah, I think honestly, it's just it, it just it makes everything great. You know what I mean? Because you can focus on one opportunity, one situation. I mean, even the last two years, my Carlin deal for the ovals never really came through until like right before the weekend and like to be honest like most of those times like I was only announced for like Texas and then like maybe I would get to the next one so like it was kind of always that way and I think I'm actually really excited to like go to the ovals with this team obviously right like ECR I've, I've always been against them at places that I really enjoy like Iowa and Gateway and Texas and so now like I've already been talking like last night me and my engineer were already talking about Texas because we like we had to test there I'm like oh wow I haven't done that in years you know what I mean so like it's it's a nice thing to be able to focus on um, and I think we've taken a nice step forward in the off season, so hopefully we can all just, you know, benefit from that together. And I think it's 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 what it's just it's just kind of getting back to where you want to be as a driver. You just have a full time job. <laughs> it's got to feel like way better to, and then you can set up for the future too, right? Like you can say, okay, so I I did this here, knowing that we're going to go to Iowa. This is what we need to work on instead of being like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. also, like, if I drive for one team, I can't necessarily take that info to another. So, yeah, I mean, I think you all, like, I have notes, right? So, like, I was looking at my notes last night from Texas, and, you know, they, because they, ovals are obviously very, very important, driver specific. So, you find small things, and, like, I'm going to, I'm going to want small things that, that they don't really know that I want yet. So, it's kind of a, it's an exciting thing to be able to go to. You know, I'm obviously not going to share all of Carlin's secrets. They're now in the Yunkos camp, but, like, I, I can't. <laughs> You know, I, I think there's a, there's a lot that I can at least know that I like. Um, and because Carlin gave me an incredible car, like all, all those races. So it's good to know what I like there. So you've got Ed kind of stepping back to just the 500, maybe something else. So you've got more data across all races now. How psyched are you that not only of that, but it's, you know, it's somebody you've worked with at least for the last couple of years in Renus. Well, it's, I mean, Renus is obviously one of the most, I think he's one of the most talented teammates I've ever had, for sure. I mean, I was at Andretti for two races, right? And there's a lot of really good guys there. But, like, Renus is, is very, just just has a lot of raw speed. Um, so it is nice to be back with him. And uh, we're definitely, you know, both of us talked over the off season because we knew kind of, all right, I think we need to push the team in this area and we need to push ourselves in certain areas, right? So uh, I think as a group we can all, you know, all be better, and I think we will be. It's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I'm Me excited too. I'm pumped. Oh, yeah. Go crypto. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're big crypto people now. <laughs> CD's Crypto Kingdom on Ernity. You got to follow it. Well, don't worry about it. It's it's a very astute elite community. Oh, oh I can't be And all the moose are sold, so you can't buy a virtual moose. Yeah. Well, best of luck this year, man. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we're joined by a rookie of the number 18 car and friend of the show, David Malukas. Your rookie weekend is finally here. Have you slept at all this week? No, I actually, you know what? You know, I, like, 
other than this race weekend, I've not slept at all and I've been stressing out and everything. But since we've been here, I've been sleeping really good, no stress. I'm just like really excited. I mean, I'm stressing about like, you know, my suit looking good and, you know, shoes and everything. But exactly. <laughs> but, but the racing side of things. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, you know, we had photo shoots yesterday. I was like, I need to look good, you know? So I took like 20. They were getting pissed at me, so they kicked me out. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, at least I got my shots. But, no, the whole racing side, I'm honestly really excited. I'm not really nervous, and I'm, I'm almost like double-thinking to myself. I'm like, why am I not nervous? Like, I should probably be nervous, like, you know? But, no, I feel really good. We you know we did a track, well, track ride yesterday. I guess IndyCar, you get to like ride on carts now, you know, you're fancy. You're fancy now. Yeah, exactly. Will Power <laughs> blew past me in some turbo golf cart. So, but no, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it was really cool. And I know I'm excited. I'm getting ready to get going. You got a little bit of testing in in the last month. Did that kind of confirm any thoughts on the car you had, you know, at the end of last year when you, when you got the Barber test and the, the IMS test? You know what, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably why I'm not nervous because of that Sebring test last week. Uh, you know, it was three months off, we go into the Sebring test, and I was like, do I still remember how to drive a car? Um, after like, you know, 10 laps, well, actually first 10 laps we tried a different seat and it was just not working, but once we put the other seat in, everything fell back to normal, and I was like, okay, this is good, I still know how to drive, that's great. Um, and then by the end of the day, we actually seemed to be like putting up decent times. Uh, second day, we were trying many different things to get ready for St. Pete. Um, but overall, I think that helped me a lot, like boost up my confidence and say like, okay, I think we're, you know, we're ready for St. Pete. So now that I know, now that I think of it, I understand why I'm not nervous because of that Sebring test. We're, so, we're solving, solving yeah. dilemmas right, right in the middle of an interview here. <laughs> exactly. So what's a realistic goal for this weekend? Top 15, top 12, podium, you know, what are, what are your, uh, what are your goals for the weekend? So that's a, I, I like that question like after like uh, qualifying. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna pause and come back. You, you can this, yeah, it's an excuse to come back and uh, we'll we'll talk then. But I don't know for now expectations. I don't want to set them too high because mentally, even though I say it won't, it will affect me if I set a goal and I don't hit it. So for now, I'm honestly I'm enjoying the moment. We're in IndyCar. I'm just gonna have a big smile and live my dream that I've had since I was, you know, still picking my nose as a little kid. So I am, I'm excited. We're so excited for you. Like, I'm just, you deserve this. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, are they going to hear, like, all this, like, chatter in the background? Maybe, maybe a little. Okay, cool. So we're, we're currently in a cafe right now having some coffee, and this is just background chat. <laughs> just, you know, set the mood for this. You're setting the mood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this is the... The glamour of the media bullpen is the extra noise you get in the recording. Yeah. Well, it sounds nice, though, you know? It's kind yeah. of like that little white noise deal. Yeah. But anyways. It, it like does. Everyone wants to talk to me. Right, exactly. Well, I, you know, yeah, of course. I was, she said, where do we, Karina said, yeah, Karina said, where do we start? I said, we need to go to Pit Lane Parley. That's where we need to go. That's where we start. Now you're making us blush. And it's so early. All right. And with you guys, you know, because it's saying like finish with the best. So but we are coming to find Jeff qualifying. Okay, then you can answer that question. We can do that. Well, sir, good luck. Enjoy practice today. I'm sure we'll see you around this weekend. So enjoy it. Thank you. We'll do. Joined by Callum Eilat, rookie weekend, or I guess technically not your rookie weekend, but your full rookie season weekend. We're gonna, go, yeah, we're gonna go with that one. You had a couple races under your belt last year, so are are you you have the rookie nerve still, or is it a little bit better because you you've gone through some of this already? It's, 
I mean, with the street courses and road courses, I'm, I would say, completely fine on that. Uh, I'm more excited to see what we can do, uh, where we're at, because it's a bit of an unknown. Obviously, last year was chaotic in that sense, trying to get everything ready. But this year, we've got a good baseline, and it would be nice to see where we can start off. Obviously, when we come to the ovals, that will be a different experience for me. So that will be more, I'll be a complete rookie for that. But right now, go in as a fourth-time IndyCar driver in that sense. Have you done any sim work in an oval, just kind of familiarize yourself at all, or everything will be brand new? Let's just say we've been a bit limited so far on what we can do. So I've done a little bit of sim just for the Sebring test. So we're, we're building up to that. It's not, it's not easy. Everything's been quite... Uh, We've prepared, but it's been it's been a challenge, if you know what I mean. You tested Texas. You guys tested Texas sometime before the race, correct? So you get a little bit of something. Okay, all right, so next week. All right, so we're at St. Pete this weekend. You haven't raced here previously, so what are your thoughts about this uh, pretty unique street circuit? It's cool. It's nice to be in the warm weather coming down from Indy, so yeah, I can't yeah. complain on that side. Uh, looks less bumpy than Long Beach. Um, similar in a certain sense, but... Obviously, it's not the bumpiest circuit. I would say... From, oh, hello. Sorry. Uh, Devlin's just out of nowhere. Um, yeah, no, it's... it's uh, I don't think it will be the most challenging. Um, but in its own way, those can always be the toughest races. Um, so, yeah, again, it will just set the benchmark for the year, what we can do and what we'll find out. My last question is, you're the only single-car team in a, the biggest grid we've had in some years any stress about that or you just you know kind of head down worrying about myself and you know don't worry about what I can't control yeah I I can't I can't control that um yeah it makes life tough that's for sure um but again I can't control it I've got to work with what I got I've got a great team around me and they'll push as much as they can for me um and they have done but yeah it's it's not easy it's not easy and you know you can see the teams with the most cars end up pushing the guys all all towards the front because they can develop the most uh but that's life so i'm gonna get on with it see what we can do um yeah if we can get another car be great but otherwise i've got i've got me and i'll work with me i supposedly i'm good enough so i'll take that hell yeah well good luck this year man and welcome to florida thank you very much we are now recording with renus vk uh we are here at saint pete in the media bullpen so you have Connor Daly as your full season teammate for the first time. You know, you're not switching teammates at any point unless, you know, when Ed comes in as a third car. How helpful is that to have another driver, the same driver at every race throughout the year for data and you know, trading advice and whatnot? Yeah, I think it's nice. Um, definitely, you know, it kind of felt like Connor wasn't ready full time because we're not running that many ovals, actually. Uh, I'm happy now with Iowa being back. Uh, Connor drove with... He got a pole position in 2020, and you know he got a really good qualifying car there. So I think he definitely knows what the car needs right there, and uh, he can help us with that qualifying pace and make sure we start more to the front of the pack. I know we have a good race car there, but qualifying we just need to improve. So I hope Connor can definitely help there, and he's good at the ovals. So I'm I'm excited to have him full time here, uh, new sponsor. Uh, with uh, Bitnow, who also uh, is a co-sponsor of my car, so, yeah. Can you give us a crypto lesson? Because we don't understand it either. It's it's hard to understand. It took me a hard time. It, it's it's like a new currency. Yeah. Like every crypto, it's a new currency. Uh, you know, how, how people trade with 
different falutas and the prices go up and down, it's basically the same thing. So I'm still just as confused as I was a couple minutes ago, but that's okay. It's all right. So it's a good way to make money. That's all that matters. Yeah, I like I like that. You know what you're doing. I don't. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. I know people who do, so I just Connor, I right? Uh, I I get other people. <laughs> Connor has people for him. Yeah. 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 Connor has a lot we of people. Don't let Connor handle the money. <laughs> so. Last year, after your injury, was was a little tough to get going and you know find a rhythm. Now that you're you know 100% fully healed, you have a full off season to test. How much more confident are you that last year's in the rearview mirror and you're going to be back to where you were? You know, winning race at the beginning of the year and top five in points at one point, and you know starting starting fast. I'm very excited. Uh, of course, we had a tough last part of the season, uh, but it really really lit the fire into the team to really improve the offseason because we know what we could do at the beginning of the season and we know we know what we need to get back there so we, we spend a lot of time on a simulator and developing lots of new setups and like a whole different philosophy of, of setting up a car just as a different setup to try so we went to Sebring and we were super competitive which you know, the last time we were super competitive was Detroit so it's been a long time and it's definitely a great feeling being back on pace and being back you know scaring scaring the other guys but still I'm a little nervous to see how how it plays out on an actual track we're racing at and with everyone trying to give their their best so we're definitely gonna see the actual pace compared to the others this afternoon but I'm very excited and very confident that, that we're going to improve, maybe even compared to the first part of the last season. So you mentioned uh, kind of a philosophy change in setting up the car. I know you can't spill all your secrets, but is there a general direction or, or theme in that change that you guys found that suited the car much better this year? Um, well, I spend a lot of time also with my engineer, and he really, know, he really knows what I need yeah. on a car, and it's really clear... You know, I need to be able to attack. And that's my driving style. That's what fits best with me. And we actually built a setup, a whole new setup, that, like, rotates around that. So um, normally you kind of use the same setup on St. Pete, but then, like, an evolution, you, like, make an evolution every year and make some changes that hopefully get better. But now we get something totally new, which... You know, we're not sure if it's going to work out, uh, but it's also like, it's not only for this track, it's for different tracks. So I think, uh, I think it's a good new base to try and good new, new thing to, uh, yeah, to, to get going. Yeah, because you don't know if you don't try, right? I assume you've got backup plans. <laughs> so we're we not. got that other setup and we know, we know that's, that's yeah. a good setup. Yeah. We know we can be quick with that, so... Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. 
Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. So this one is more like looking to pass and just kind of regardless of where you qualify, you can attack from wherever you are. The setup is just more, yeah, it's just a whole different thing. And I think it'll help me. Like it helped me uh, passing cars, can definitely go go attack a little more. But also, yeah, you know, it looks good on the simulator. It looked good in Sebring, but does it look good here? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck, man, and we look forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, thank you. Next up, we're joined <laughs> by Felix Rosenquist. How are you feeling heading into 2022? I know testing was pretty successful, so. Confidence heading into uh, practice one this afternoon? Uh, yeah, like a quiet confidence, I guess. We're not uh, no uh, guns yet, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like we, we worked hard and there's no stone that wasn't unturned, you know, uh, that wasn't turned during the off season. So we're, we're pretty confident that, you know, we, we've done the work we can and obviously. We never know what the actual race weekend is going to bring us, but uh, yeah, let's see what let's see where we stand this afternoon. I think it's going to be we're going to be way more clever in a couple of hours uh, regarding where you know we're going to be. But um, like always, it's going to be tight, man. It's going to be hundreds between uh, you know maybe top ten or top fifteen. So yeah, let's see. You've got twenty six cars out this out there this year, which is three or four more than last year. With uh, less space on pit lane, less space on the track, is that anything to worry about, or it is what it is? It is what it is. I think, you know, we had this number of cars at some races, and uh, I think it's a good thing in general. You know, it means that the sport is growing, and it's it's more competitive, right? Um, maybe in qualifying you can get a bit crowded, but we also don't have any slow drivers, so I think the overall pace from everyone is going to be good so I, I don't think it's going to be a massive problem but uh, yeah let's see so one of the ideas floated this offseason was switching qualifying from two groups of 12-ish to three groups of eight or nine and they obviously didn't go with that were you in favor of that idea or something similar or two groups of whatever is probably easier 
I think two groups is better because you kind of lose the, what do you call it, like the excitement of the qualifying if you have three groups and it, it becomes a bit artificial as well with the results. So, uh, and I think there was some issues with that system that was never really going to play out well. So, uh, yeah, I think two groups is fine, honestly. Like 13 cars should be plenty to get around. Yeah. <laughs> You never know. It's always like there's a couple of names that you have to worry about, but uh, overall, should be fine. You're driving with Pato again this year. Have you? I, I know you guys drive very different cars, but have you been able to glean anything in testing this offseason from his wildly different setup to adapt to what you like in a car this year? Well, I think we. I think that's been a big thing where we just kind of <clears throat> came to the fact that you know we're. At this point, we probably don't like the same, <clears throat> and we're not gonna try to make us both like the same. And I think as we're two cars, we kind of want to explore a little bit different. I mean, we're we're pretty close in setup to one. It's like the family of setup will be fairly similar starting a weekend, uh, but we're gonna be more open to like going a different way. Let's say. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll find some things along the way that will be good for both of us, and that's why we truly believe that when, you know, when especially for my, for myself, you know, I think when I find more things that I like with the car, as I think we found in Sebring, I think Pato's gonna, he's gonna like it as well. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things that are always like in progress. Speaking of Pato. <laughs> Speaking of Pato, there is. <laughs> always. What's the one thing you're looking forward to this season? Um, I mean, just coming back. I mean, I feel I feel way more calm and confident going into this season. Just you know, having another shot at having a good year that's that means a lot. You know, I think you you always you never really get second chances in life. And, I, and last year was horrible. You know, I like it was I didn't do well, and I think there was just I didn't enjoy the car and and. I, I feel happy I'm here for a new, new fresh start, and I know I can, you know, win races and be up there. And we we had some good races in the end of the year last year, so I think we continue on that trend. And with the improvements we made in the off season, we should have, you know, an enjoyable year. Well, best of luck, man. We look forward to seeing you out there this year. Thank you. Next up is Marcus Erickson. Marcus, you had a fantastic year last year. How do you build on a successful year from last year right into this year? Bringing the confidence from last year, I think, is a big thing. You know, I, I go into this season knowing that I can win on this level, knowing that I can run up front. So that's definitely a, a big thing for me. I feel, yeah, confident. I feel calm in a way. You know, so it's uh, that's a big difference to, to 12 months ago. Uh, and also, you know, to be able to continue with the same team, with the same race engineer, uh, it's also a big thing. You know, especially in a competitive series like IndyCar. So we have a lot of positive things going into this year, and, and we feel like we can build on that last year performance and really take the fight to, to try and challenge for a championship. So with so many engineers changing throughout this offseason especially, you have the same engineer, essentially the same team. How important is that to hit the ground running this weekend and at the start of the year in general? I think for me it's very important because IndyCar, you know, being a one-spec series is about all about the details. You can see in a qualifying session a tenth up or down can really mean you're out in q1 or you're going all the way to q, uh, q3 and, and fast six you know so it's like it's so small details and that relationship between race engineer and driver is so important so i think for, for me to be able to go into my third year with brad is, is a massive thing for me and 
he really understands what I need as a driver to get the most out of my driving style. And that, I think, was one of the big things last year because we had, you know, a second year together and he started to get those small tweaks on the setup that I liked and, and that was really paying off. And obviously going into a third year makes me very excited because we can build on that. So uh, I think it really, yeah, it's a really good thing for, for me having that. Out of curiosity, all the new Formula One cars are out. You've seen them testing. Which, uh, which car style-wise do you think is the best? And uh, who's the championship constructor this year? We're going to put you on the spot. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I think the Ferrari looks beautiful. You yeah. know, like the, the, the dark red and, and black yeah. just brings so much like, uh, uh, what do you say, like it, it looks like the 90s almost, yeah. you know. So it's a, it's a really beautiful looking car, I think. Uh, they seem to be pretty fast as well, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, I think... It's hard to bet against uh, Mercedes or Red Bull for the championship, but uh, I'm hoping we'll be a, a mix up there, you know, and McLaren seem to be pretty strong as well, so if they could take the fight, that would be really cool to see. Uh, so yeah, I'm guessing I'm, I'm struggling to say who will win, but definitely the, the, the best looking car is the Ferrari. It's always hard when, when you get put on the spot like that to give a good answer without, like, trying to give too much away. Yeah. So I, I get it. So you've got... Jimmy Johnson now is a full-season teammate, and Tony Kanaan for the 500s. He had five cars at the 500, extra data all season. I know Jimmy is a, a second-year driver in a way, which is still weird to say. But how much, uh, you know, how much, ex- how much, be- how much benefit does that extra data provide? I think it's great. You know, it's uh, it's one of the big things for us in Ganassi. We have uh, four cars, obviously, and, and we work so well together. You know. And we all come from very different backgrounds and different experiences. So I, I really do feel like last year, one of the big keys for success was that sort of friendship between us drivers and the way we were pushing each other to be, be the best we can be. So to be five now in the 500 is going to be huge because I felt like TK was really bringing a lot to the 500 last year, you know, with his experience and his enthusiasm and, and his driving, he, he was helping me a lot last year in the 500, you know, I was bouncing a lot of things off him during the month, so I was really exciting to see him uh, staying on for the 500 this year, and obviously Jimmy with all his, you know, oval experience, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he is going to be on the ovals, and I'm sure we're going to be all able to learn some stuff from him, even though it's a new type of car for him, but we could see already in Texas last year when he did the, the test there, he was like on the pace straight away from like lap one on the ovals, so... I think he will be very strong in the ovals, so that was going to be a benefit for all of us. Completely unrelated to St. Pete, what's your favorite track to drive? It doesn't have to be IndyCar, any track. Uh, uh, that, I always say Suzuka is my favorite one. I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good track, and it was my first F3 win was there, and I was always very strong in, in, in F1 there, so I, I love Suzuka. Well, good luck this year, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting 
the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.